Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 48 of Movie Your Minute, Season 4, The Daily Podcast, where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal Meg Ryan rom-com with Harry Met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me again today for this lovely week of discussions is Heather Baxendale of Word of Hellmouth. Welcome back to the show, Heather. Thank you for having me back. I'm glad I didn't chase you away yesterday. <laughs> No, no, not even close. You'd have to work a lot harder than that. <laughs> okay, good. So once again, I just want to give a quick disclaimer just to let everyone know that today, once again, we will be having a conversation with uh, numerous topics of an adult nature based on everything that's going on in the movie. If you are offended by things like this, uh, you can uh, skip to later on in this in this episode because halfway through the episode, that conversation will probably uh, end or, you know, Maybe most of the way through this, I don't know. We might just have to like go quickly through the rest of the things that happen, you know, in this minute. You know, we have we have like thirty seconds of the diner scene, and then we have thirty seconds of, of a different scene. So we'll have to see uh, how that will be split. It probably will not be fifty-fifty in this uh, episode. So yeah, you don't want to rush things at all. Exactly, not at all. You want to take your time. You want to get there in the proper amount of time. Um, not just not quickly. Minute 48 begins with uh, Sally still building up to a conclusion as Harry continues to get even more uncomfortable and ends with uh, two groups of sledders coming straight for the screen. So yesterday, Heather and I had a very an enlightening conversation about uh, everything that's going on in the, in this particular scene in the deli. Sally is in the throes of having a fake orgasm, which we uh, actually, I hope is a fake orgasm at this point, at least because she is in public. I kind of hope it's not. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It's totally inappropriate, but I mean, I kind of hope. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's true. We don't know where Dennis Quaid is. You know, <laughs> maybe he's hiding off camera. Who knows? Could be. That's method acting, right? That's. <laughs> Exactly. Or maybe I just need to start thinking about the faceless man with... That's right. Who's ripping your clothes off? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. (laughs) True. True. So she basically continues with... First of all, the the, the minute begins with a shot of Harry's face. And we can just hear the sounds of of Sally's, you know, fake orgasm in the background. And you can clearly see that he's getting more and more embarrassed as things are going. You know, and he yeah. like he starts to like shake his head a little awkwardly as as she continues. So she 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 continues screaming, yes, yes, oh yes, 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 oh yes, 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 and she starts banging on the table, and then really starts screaming, yes, 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 oh 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 God, oh. And you know, during this whole time, I I love how the 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 camera keeps showing us different patrons in the deli. Yep. You know, first of all, we see an elderly woman who we'll, we'll talk a little bit about her later, but that actually, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you, I tell anyone who that woman is until later. Okay. She looks over, she's at the table next to them. She looks over. Then we see like a guy who, I, I don't know why I, I keep thinking that he looks maybe like Roger Ebert, like, or a, little or, bit. a, or a, a young bit. Michael Moore, you know, it's like either more that more towards that. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, good. neither one of them is credited and I couldn't find a credit for the for the this uh, actor or stand-in or actually just patron of Katz's Deli at the time. And then behind him, there's a man who actually resembles, to me, a little bit like Morgan Freeman, even though I know it's not him. 
you know, it's, uh, and then we, we see like the, the, the short order chef looking over also. And, you know, as Sally is reaching her, reaching towards her conclusion, okay, they, they give us a long shot so we can see everything going on in that entire area. You know, we see the, I, I wonder how many times they had to film this scene, you know, in order to get it right. That's that, a really good question. That's a lot of effort on an actor's part to, to have to. when you're not actually achieving. That's correct. Work for there too. That's right. You know, and, and I mean, this doesn't look like the type of scene that they would do just once. You know, they, they obviously did this probably dozens of times. Yeah, where she had to, to she, with all the angles. Right, where she had to then keep up, you know, uh, her enthusiasm throughout each of them. She did. And, yeah. Well, we don't know. This could have just been one take that was perfect. You don't know. True, true. You know, or at least the vocals could have been all from one take because obviously the camera shots keep changing. You know, I, I, I actually give a lot of credit to the editor of this movie to be able to edit this scene so well. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't, it doesn't seem as if it jumps around. No, yeah. no, it doesn't. Yeah, it it's seems very like... succinct. It, feel, it feels like it's one cut. It prob- like you said, it probably isn't, but it it does feel like it's it's one cut, which it should, but it would be very very difficult for it not to be. So yeah, right. I mean the the movie was the movie was uh, edited by Robert Layton, who also did most of Rob Reiner's movies. You know, he did a few Good Men. He did Misery. He did Flipped, which was also he did The Bucket List. Rumor has it, he's pretty much the go-to guy for Rob Reiner to be his editor on things. Um, the American President, oh, North. Love the American President. Yeah. Um, the Princess Bride, Stand By Me. Yeah, he's he's Rob Reiner's editor. Yeah. yeah. You know, some some directors have their, their editors that they always use, and apparently this is the one that, uh, you know, she uses. Then we get another shot of Harry who... Like puts his hand, head down a little bit in shame. You know, not really sure. You know, yeah, everyone he's can not really see making eye there. contact with anyone. But he's kind of looking at her, but trying not yeah. to look at her. But who else is he going to look at? <laughs> it's it's very uncomfortable, yeah. but good. And then we get another shot of the this elderly woman with another friend at the table next to them. They're both just looking on and you know clearly wondering to themselves what is going on here. You know, we'll we'll get a, a verbal note on that a little bit later, but you know they're 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 looking on. You know, Sally then uh, eventually you know reach reaches her climax, fin- finishes things off. She just quickly yep. just changes her demeanor yep. real quickly. Like- she picks up a fork, you know, puts it in uh, whether it's potato salad or or coleslaw or something next to her, and then With just a puts grin that in her mouth. the size of Nebraska on her face. <laughs> yes, she is quite completely. impressed and pleased with herself completely. as she should be for sure i mean and the big question is 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 that a bigger smile that than than what she would have if she well, really like had achieved it as that opposed to be, that would it. be good information to have which harry eventually will will have and should share with all of us at the end of the movie when they're talking <laughs> that is correct okay so now now we're going to get into a little bit of, of stats or or trivia right, questions right. i guess you can say so anyone who's seen the the recent movie uh, Fletch, I confess, will know the answer to this. I have not, but I don't know if you've seen it. So you have not, and and I actually warned you back when we were, you know, in the green room when we were recording Die Hard that you should see it for this when we decided that we were that we were going to be recording these episodes together. So what animal has the longest orgasm? 
This is actually a male. Okay. Um, I feel like I know okay. this for some We're talking about an animal, not, not a human. We're not talking about a human. We're talking about an animal. I'm yes. going to go with an elephant, but it's not. The answer is a pig. Ah! Well, that's what they get for tasting so good. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. You got me on that one. I wouldn't know, and I'll never know. You don't have to apologize. That's fine. That's fine. I after knowing this this bit of, of information, I don't know if I would want to eat one, but that that's a separate issue. You know, <laughs> Fair enough. <sighs> you know, my religion and conscience doesn't let me, so that's fine. I'm okay with it. You know, there's there, there's enough good meat from from cows and and, and other animals that I can I'll eat, so that's fine. I'll say something that might get me beat up in my house, but since I'm the only one here right now, it's completely safe to say, bacon is overrated. All right, if you say so, yeah, I, do. I wouldn't know. I do. I do. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. So, how long do you think it takes an average for a a pig to climax? A male pig. Okay, so he has the longest of any animal. Yes. Let's go with fifteen minutes. You know, you're you're really hitting things right on the nose. <laughs> yes. I initially thought twenty, and I'm like, that's a little bit too long. <laughs> yes. And apparently, they have the ability to do it twice in a row. Oh, bloody so the pigs. Lucky pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they, they have recorded. So there are some places that actually have the misinformation that a pig can orgasm for 30 minutes when, in fact, it can orgasm twice within that 30 minutes. Either way, it's, delayed. you know, I don't know. I don't know how that could work. You know, <laughs> that's just. And one right after the other, you know, no less. Yeah. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about just the 15 minutes in the first place. It seems exhausting, you know, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, no, but think about how the the female pig must must feel. You know, they have oh. to sit there and wait. Well, I hope it's enjoyable for the female pig. Now I I feel like I need to research this and find out what's going on. <laughs> I need to know. Okay, you can you can do that and let yes. us know tomorrow what information you find out about because that. Because I want to know more. <laughs> yes, go, isn't it was wasn't wasn't that the the quote in the eighties? You know, uh, if you want to know more, go to the library or something like that. The more you. Know. There was something like that. The more you know the more you know. That's right, with the with the star. Yep, right? yep. There you go. That's right. No one can see you moving your hands that That's way. That's true. I... Yes. Okay, so, all right, we're, we're, now we have very interesting trivia, okay? What is the world's record for both a man and a woman to how many orgasms they've they've been able to achieve in one hour? Together, both of them? No. Separately, then? No, separately. What is the world's record for a man having orgasms within a period of an hour? And what is the most number of orgasms that a woman has had within okay, an I'm hour? Okay, I'm going to shoot. That's been recorded. Okay, I'm going to shoot for 40 for a woman, and I'm going to say 15 for the man. Okay, so for a man, it's 16. Uh, That's great. Okay, you're, 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 you're really, you know your sexual stats. I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, the, the fact that, 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 you know, 16, it means that the man is having an orgasm every three or four minutes. That's just. That's a lot. Mind, mind boggling, you know, completely. Okay. But when you think of the fact that, wait, how much did you say for a woman? I said 40. <laughs> okay. The answer is, and you're, you're going to, you're going to say this isn't true. The answer is 134. Okay. I believe it. I believe it. I thought I was lowballing it, but I mean, I'm, 
134. Story. Think about that. That's 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 2.2 orgasms a minute. Yeah, I've heard I've heard of women that just literally I've heard women that can orgasm just from touching them. So, I mean like touching their arm. So, yeah, it's I mean, it's obviously the exception rather than the rule, but yeah, for sure. I I believe it. I believe it. I do believe it. Right. There's apparently a woman who claims that she that she beat that that uh, world's record and has had 100 138. You know, so she beat it by, was it four? So, yeah, I mean, either way, that makes the number 16 minuscule. You know, if you can actually men. do that in an hour, why bother going to work or eating or doing anything else? I mean, it's like, <laughs> it seems like it would diminish the rest of life. I yeah, don't know. seriously. I don't know. That's just, uh, you know, I, I, I think it would take away the specialness of it. I mean, for her, yeah. it would be great. But in general... <laughs> If it's something, you know, it, it reminds me of the old joke, you know, that a, a guy is standing in line uh, in front of uh, waiting for the bus and he, he just he, he keeps sneezing. And as he's sneezing, he like groans. And, and a woman behind him goes, what's going on? What, what What's wrong with you? And he goes, I have a problem. Every time I sneeze, I orgasm. And she goes, well, what are you doing to, 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 to treat it? What are you using to treat it? He goes, pepper. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you'd like that. I thought you'd like that one. That was great. <laughs> it was it was very appropriate. What can I tell you? I'll try and tell it, but I'll mess it up. I'm terrible at telling jokes. <laughs> okay, so some, some other trivia. Okay. So what is the most bras removed within one minute? Most bras removed in one minute? Mm-hmm. Um, like what's the world's record for the most bras removed in one minute from, from an, on another 65. person? 65? Wow. Yeah. No. The answer to that is 20. But that's still, you know, some people have oh, trouble getting one off. They're snapped. Okay. I'm thinking of snapping the bra. Right. Okay. Some, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. you know, people have trouble getting one off. Forget about trying to get I know, but I'm, I'm a master of it. I could literally, if, if, if you just want me to pop the back of the bra, it's literally a second. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, the, the, the world's record is, is someone doing it every three seconds. And he's able which, to get... Uh, which, yeah, that makes more sense, especially if you have to take the whole bra off. Correct. Exactly. They have weird world records for stuff. Seriously. What is the world's record for the longest kiss? Ew. I don't know. It's got to be hours, right? Oh, I don't yes. know. Four, five hours, six hours. Forty-six hours and twenty-four minutes. Why? Why? That's just gross. I know <laughs> that. I knew that it was going to be longer than what I said, but I didn't want it to be because ah, uh, ah. Uh. And they, they, these people actually, they were in a competition and they won a diamond ring. Yeah, whatever. For 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 doing that for the longest amount it. of time. Not worth it. Not at all. Okay. For me, um, <laughs> I'd rather have my lips. I understand that. Um, I, I found an interesting quote from uh, Woody Allen that he said, in my next life, I want to live backwards. I want to start out dead and finish off as an orgasm. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. How many couples have the world's record for the most people getting married in the nude together? The biggest nude wedding. Well, how many couples do you oh, think? Wow. I don't know. I feel like this would be pretty large. There's, nudism is, is a big thing. I'm for it. Um, I don't know. 
10,000. No, it's only 29. 29? Really? Yeah. That's it? In, in 2003, there were 29 couples that chose to get married in a club in Jamaica. And the masked oh, wedding. Oh, married. I was thinking naked people at the wedding. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I misunderstood the question. What, would you I come... still would have said higher than that. Exactly. I, I was going to say, would you would have been closer? But probably not. No. Okay. Um, they, they did this on Valentine's Day completely in the nude, except for the fact that the brides were able to wear veils. Okay. That's silly. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. <laughs> yeah. sure, and then this article says, can you imagine the wedding photographs? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want them, but by all means, enjoy. Exactly. <laughs> it's quite natural. It's kind of funny. I just, I'm just curious what inspires these people to, to reach for these goals and work towards them. I mean. They want to be in the, the world's record books. I don't know. I know. I mean, I guess if you're going to, might as well make it be something sexual. At least you're getting pleasure out of it. True. There's, True. I mean, there's that side of it. I'm not sure that's what I'd want to be known for. But no, but there's, but there is the aspect. Yes, you know, it's, it's it's the aspect. You know, people always say that, that you know, yeah, Seinfeld has a great thing about the fact that that uh, you know it's hard for him to imagine that his parents had sex. He just thinks of them as having been, you know, really close friends who at one point in their life had sex. You know, that type of thing. But what it comes down to is, is we all know that, that everyone does it. Yes. It's not something that is a secret that that's what happens. You know, when you're, when you're at someone's wedding, you know, that's what's going to happen that night. You know, that people are going to hotels and, and going out and going on vacations. And, and that's what people do. You know, it's part of life. But, you know, you mentioned this earlier in the week that in some ways society is, is, is somewhat repressed about talking about these things. Yes. You know, or even thinking, not, not even just talking about it, but thinking about yes. it. Yes, yes. You know. Well, and for women, it's a complicated subject, too. We're we're raised to to think that, okay, well, we, we in, in the Puritan society idealism, women, wait till you get married, otherwise you'll be sullied, or at least wait till the guy that you fall in love with. And, but then you're told, well, if you don't have sex with the guy, he's going to dump you or cheat on you. <laughs> Right. So women live in that that limbo of constant confusion of what 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 is what is the answer here and there neither of those are the right answer is the correct answer but but right. we do we still we still you know we still make women feel bad for for being sexual creatures um we punish them for not we punish them if they are and and men are in other ways too to where they're they're treated poorly for for having feelings or for doing what they've always done and that kind of thing too. There's just right. no conversation about it. And there's not necessarily a bad guy in the story either. It's just, we should be talking about it more. So it's not awkward. Correct. I mean, that's one thing that I, I and this will probably be weird for some people, but my, my oldest son, he, he just moved out um, two months ago. He's almost 20 years old. He had no problem coming up to me and telling me when things were going on and we had the conversation it was open. It wasn't awkward. It was weird. It's never been strange. Any, any of those things. I mean, it's, right. it's okay. like, it's like, you, you know, the, the kids when they're a certain age, well, you, you know that they're having sex, right? I'm like, yes, they are. Yeah. I don't, I admit, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> like if we all travel right. and let's hope they're being careful. And, and, and there's that's those it, things. You know? Yes. Which again, if you have good communication, then that's not a problem or an issue either. But, Correct. but, but yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I remember my, my husband's, uh, 
uncle asked. They went last winter and stayed at my dad's lake house that I was telling you about in Gladwin for like a week mm -hmm. after Christmas. And just the two of them stayed up there. Well, who's their chaperone? Like they're 19 years old. <laughs> they can live on their <laughs> own. I'm not going to chaperone them. I hope they have a great time and don't make any babies. <laughs> what? That's right. Yeah. He looked at me like I was out of my mind. I'm like, uh, and make sure to clean up after yourself. And that's it. Yeah, you know. yeah, pretty much. And they were very responsible and they're good kids. And I love them both. And I'm very happy. They've also been a couple now for like three or four years. So, so yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things where we, ju we just got to talk about it more and, and normalize it instead of making it so awkward because it doesn't have to be. Right. I, I completely agree with you on that. Like you said, everybody does it. Well, that's right. Exactly. Well, let's put it this way. Anyone who has kids has done it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is sometimes kind of funny. <laughs> you know, you just think about, you know, there are parents and grandparents and great grandparents and you go as far back as you want. You know, so doesn't that that's the way it is. It's, that's the way of the world. That's, it's funny, though, when you, you know, think about your grandparents. Like, I I remember we we were watching and had no idea what direction the movie was going in. We usually watch things like A River Runs Through It, Out of Africa, those kinds of movies with mm -hmm. my grandparents. My brother and I would go stay. We watched the piano with them when I was maybe... Oh, my God. Yeah, I was, I was like 11 years old, and my brother was nine. It was the most uncomfortable moment of my entire life. Now, no matter what, that's not going... No matter how open you are sexually, that movie is not okay to watch with your kids or grandkids. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I saw, I, I saw Disclosure with my parents. I did too. You know. <laughs> I was older though. I was a little bit older, but still. So I was I was older too, but I still was embarrassed seeing it with my parents because I didn't know what it was about. And I was like, okay. Yeah, it is. It's not, it's like, okay, I know you guys do that. That's good. I'm happy for you. But also there, I feel like there's a healthy line where you don't need to cross it. But yeah. That's right. Completely. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> don't watch the piano. With your children, you know, ever, at any age. That's right. Well, the the piano reminds me of, uh, there was an episode of Mad About You where where Paul's mother, you know, constantly wanted to go see the piano for that reason. Yeah. Oh, I haven't watched that in forever. And he felt, and he felt very uncomfortable the fact, about the fact that his mother is talking about, you know, Harvey Keitel naked. So, you know, it was just, it was a great, great He's episode. Okay with the conversation about her wanting to see Harvey Keitel naked. Not wanting to sit next to her while she's enjoying him being naked. That's correct. There is a big difference there. <laughs> that's, Completely. It. that's it for me. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm always I'm always shocked when I watch old movies, you know, from the the 20s and 30s and 40s, you know, where you see the way that the people are acting and you see that there isn't much difference as to how they acted then and how they act now. You know that that uh, you know between men and women and that men you know, or constantly running after the women and stuff like that. And, you know, we, we have this, this image in our mind that in older movies, it's like our grandparents, you know, it's like th they didn't do things back then, but you know what, even during Shakespeare's time, that's what they did. I you know, did. Um, have you ever seen either the movie or any of the movies uh, that were made of, of the, the play Inherit the Wind or seen the play? No. So it's all about the Scopes monkey trial. And one of the arguments that the defense brings is that, you know, they're talking about uh, whether, you know, you can believe everything in that everything in the Bible or not, you know, is everything in the Bible true or are there parts of it that are not discussed, you know, that, that we don't know about because it just has in there and so-and-so beget so-and-so and beget so-and-so and beget so-and-so. So the, the big question that the, that the, it, that the lawyer asks 
the other lawyer, he says, you know, what does this mean begetting? And he says, well, you know, that's, that's what people do. And he says, well, did they beget back then the way that they beget today? And he goes, yeah, you know, the, <laughs> the procedure is the same, you know, <laughs> or the, the, the technical aspect, I think he said the technical yeah. aspects are, it's, it's pretty much done the same way, you know, which basically tells us that for thousands upon thousands of years, that's the way people have been doing it. Nothing has changed. You know, you don't need to find a way to perfect it. Um, and as you know, you and I have discussed over the last few days, the idea is that everyone has to find what's right for them. Yes. And, yeah. you know, communication is the most important thing that, you know, you tell your partner what's good for you and they tell you what's good for them. And, you know, then everyone can enjoy themselves. Unlike what Sally is doing here, because yeah. she is just trying to prove to Harry that she knows how to fake an orgasm. It's Which a very, can... very good point. Yes. <laughs> but, but yes. Yes, but don't exactly. do it. That's right. Exactly. Now, it makes me wonder, was she doing this with Joe? Is this the problem here? You know, is this why things didn't work with Joe? I mean, they were, they wanted to have sex on the, the you know, on the kitchen floor. But, you know, it's yeah, just a, a cold Mexican, did. because it's a cold Mexican uh, tiles. So... Well, <laughs> they didn't have a hot and steamy relationship. Didn't mean that she had to fake it. I think. Correct. I think if you've 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 watched someone do it on in a movie or you've experienced it yourself, it's not probably too difficult to fake. I could probably do one right here too. But the question that I think is interesting is later. Which I mean, if you're watching this podcast, you've probably seen the movie. Harry and Sally might get together. Now is Harry going to wonder if she's faking it with him? Hmm. Well, she acts. She, maybe she acts differently than she does here. And if that's the case, then he knows that it that you know. But but the fact that she's able to fake it like this shows that she knows how to fake it, and that means oh, that she she's sure done it. She's done it. You know, this isn't something that's new. Uh, she didn't Sally just on the spot. Someone who would. Sally strikes me as I'm ready to go to bed now. So let's get this over with. Right. She's she's filing her nails, saying, "All right, let let's just um, move along." Are you done yet? Is it over? <laughs> yeah, it's not. Okay, well, I'll pretend that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that I makes agree. a lot of sense. And then right after that, we, you know, she, she I mentioned the fact that she, you know, takes her fork and, uh, you know, has that great grin on her on her face and eats her potato salad or coleslaw or whatever it may be. Yeah. And then, you know, the shot changes and we see the waiter come over to this elderly woman. And the woman just looks at, at the waiter and goes, I'll have what she's having. Right. <laughs> now, what's really funny is, is, is that even possible? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Oh, it's, it's you know, it, it's, it's a great line. It works really well. But, you know, if you're, if you're trying to take it literally, it just doesn't no, work. It doesn't. It's funny. It's great. Now, do you know who this woman is? I have no idea who she is. Okay, this is Estelle Reiner. Oh. This is Rob Reiner's oh, mother. Oh, that makes it even better. Oh, I love having that information. I can't wait to tell my mom this if she didn't already know it. <laughs> so Estelle Reiner was born June 5th, 1914 and passed away on October 25th, 2008. Um, she is known as the matriarch of one of the leading families in American comedy. You know, she's, uh, the, she was the wife of Carl Reiner and the mother of Rob Reiner. Um, she met her husband while the two of them were, were working up in the Catskills, and they, they got married in 1943. 
and have three children, Rob, Lucas, and Annie. She became a cabaret singer in her 60s. Good for her. And performed until just uh, not long before her death. She studied theater with Lee Strasberg. And also a woman named Viola Spolin, who was the American grandmother of improvisation. So she herself is also a comedian. You know, um, this line that she says here, I'll have what she's having, is ranked as the 33rd uh, best uh, movie quotation on the uh, AFI's list of top 100 movie quotes. I accept that. And it's and it's right behind uh, Casablanca's Round Up the Usual Suspects. We we went into the whole list a few weeks ago, so you know, I'm not going to go into the list again. But you know, I like the fact that it's it's right after a Casablanca, it's funny. Line, which works really <laughs> it does. well. Yes. Well, this movie's romantic yeah. too. So, yeah. So she died in 2008 at the age of 94. Oh, wow. Personally, I find it really interesting that Rob Reiner would cast his own mother in in something like this, in this type of role. You know, that he wants his mother to be sitting there. You know, we, we talked about it before. You know, that there are certain things that you know happened, but you try to block them out. You don't want to think about the fact that your parents have had sex. Yeah. You know, and he's now cast his mother to sit in a booth uh, next to Meg Ryan, who is doing take after take after take of a fake orgasm. Yeah, yeah. I guess again, too. I guess it comes down to dynamics of of family. That's something I could see. I that's something I would do with my mom. My mom would have great sense of humor about that sort of thing. She'd be hilarious, and I would have no issues with that because it's not a real orgasm. We all know what they are. Uh, yeah, that I would be fine with that with my mom. I would be 100%. Okay. But I can, also see, no, I can also see how that would not be okay for other people. But yeah. Correct. I mean, it's not like it's an actual sex scene. Yes, Meg Ryan's sitting there faking it, but it's also hilarious. And yeah, Correct. it's it, there's 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 not actually anything. I feel like, and I think that's why it's okay to watch. And I think this is part of the reason why my parents didn't care. My parents were very lenient with what I watched anyway as a kid. But I think that's why this scene was never something that they felt like they needed to shield me from when I was a kid. Right. I was allowed okay. to see movies with violence, fair. but they were a lot more careful with sexual stuff for the most part. Um, uh, until I was like right. seven, then they were like, whatever, go ahead, watch basic instinct. But uh, <laughs> not that bad, <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, I think the, 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 the humor attached to it is probably okay. But again, you still don't want to, you still yeah. don't want to think of your parents doing that like I don't want to sleep in my parents bed when I go stay at their house ever I don't I don't I'd rather right. sleep on okay. the floor it's fine but even if I change the sheets I don't right. I don't want to do that um right the the weekend after my first wedding so my wife and I were at my my in-laws and they wanted us to sleep in their room they moved into a different room and they want to sleep in the room and I refused yes. I just said, I said to my wife at the time, and, and she was adamant that she wanted to sleep in their bed. No. And I'm like, I don't. No. <laughs> Not going to no. happen. <laughs> no. No. It's funny, but it's true. I totally get you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We, we had a lot of communication issues, and that's one of the reasons why our, our marriage <laughs> lasted two years. But whatever. That's besides the point. We're not going to that. But uh, that's a perfect example of why. You know, but... Uh, you know, it, it just does. is very it's strange. Just, I, and I know people that do it all the time too. I have no judgment of it, but for me, I, I'm not. I'm not doing it. We just went and 
stayed somewhere not so long ago. Right. Mike and I were like, nope, we'll stay in the guest bed, even though it's terrible for both of our backs. So for five days, we stayed in the guest bed instead of their bedroom. It's fine. Yeah, right. it's fine. Okay, that makes sense. But I have no problem with my mom watching someone fake an orgasm. Yeah. That's totally hilarious. <laughs> so. Right. I, I don't. I don't know if I would have if I would feel uncomfortable watching this no. with my mother. Hmm. I, yeah. I never even yeah, thought this, about it. This no. Yeah. This. I this. Know. I mean, sex when humor's attached to it doesn't flabbergast me at all. It's just funny. Um. Uh. It's. Right. It's, I, I think it's very, very situational. Like I said, for me specifically, I mean, I'm I'm fairly certain the first time I watched Basic Instinct, I just joked about it, but I think I, the first time I saw it was with my mom. Now, I wouldn't want to watch it with my dad. Uh-huh. I don't want to watch that or Disclosure with my dad. Don't. Well, because he's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> he's a cop. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's definitely got to be situational. Okay, that's fair. I completely agree with you on that. Um, so now we leave the diner. That's it. No more uh, no no more adult discussions. We're we're sexy time <laughs> over. Come back to the podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then we, we 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 get a shot of Central Park uh, in the winter. We see there's a lot of snow. We see in the distance a carriage with with a couple you know going through. The Winter Wonderland. We see people walking in the snow, and and then the music begins, and we get to actually hear Winter Wonderland, uh, performed by Ray Charles, who does a great rendition of it here. Yes. Then we get a shot of uh, Rockefeller Center with the uh, Christmas tree. What do what do you know about that the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center? You know anything about it? Well, I know they put it up every year. It's iconic, and it's it's a big effing deal. But yeah, it's I mean the whole the whole Christmas in New York thing. Well, New York is always, especially in movies, felt like the centerpiece of the United States, particularly yeah. movies. If anything's going to happen, it's in New York. If not, in maybe L.A. or maybe D.C. But for the most part, it's New York. I've never been to right. New York City. Um, so all of this for me is is always, I feel like, something I kind of want to experience. But part of me also doesn't. I want it to yeah, stay in my, I little, understand. my little... Okay, I wanna, good. When, Thank you. When I was, when I was in the States... That's right. When I was in the States last summer, um, I was in New Jersey and I was in like upstate New York, but I just refused to go into the city. I just had no desire to go there. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. have reality crush my fantasy of what, what, it's, <laughs> what movie. I've, I've been there. I've been there before, but, but, uh, you know, just, I, I had no desire to go during that time, but whatever. So it's a, they put up this, this Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center. It, and they always put it up on the Wednesday after Thanksgiving. Okay. And ever since 1997, they actually broadcast the lighting of it live. Usually the the mayor shows up and they estimate that there are usually 125 million people that visit it uh, during the two months that it is there because they, they leave it up until uh, mid-January. It's a uh, spruce that is anywhere between 69 to 100 feet. And it's been a national tradition every year for them to... To, to put up a tree there since 1933. So we're talking 90 years That's right. they've been uh, doing it. The reason that it can only be 100 feet is because the when they're transporting the, the tree there, the the narrowness of the streets only allow them to be able to, to get something that's the height of 100 feet through them. I mean, it's, it, it's just pretty amazing. The, it's, the way it's, the, it's cool. It's, it's really neat. Even though I've never experienced it, it still feels like a part of America's holiday tradition and it's yeah, lovely I yeah if mm-hmm. i ever if i ever break my my little snow globe 
idea of New York, which I'd also like to go in the winter. I, I would love to go see it. Right. Okay. That's fair. So in the 1940s, in 1942, they had three trees. Sorry, they had four trees. They had one large tree and then three more smaller trees with one was red, one was white, and one was blue, you know, during, uh, in order to, you know, show their patriotism. Uh, patriotism at the time. Correct. In 1944 and 1945, they actually couldn't light it because of uh, blackout regulations. Oh, wow. So those are, those are the two years that they had a tree, but they weren't able to light them. Well, good on them uh, still doing the tree. That's kind of... Yeah. And, and in 2001, right after the September 11th attacks, they uh, decorated it. They decorated the, the full tree in red, white, and blue colors. Also to show the uh, patriotism of the day or of the, the season. Hmm. So... And then uh, we get some some more shots of New York uh, in the winter. We see ice skaters in Rockefeller Center uh, ice skating ring. We see like a department store window that has like a depiction of a family. Maybe it's supposed to be Bob Cratchit's family. I'm not sure. Then we we see like a homeless people uh, sledding in in a park. It, like it gives a very wintry feeling the way that that yeah. building. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. And I don't feel like movies do this as much anymore. I love these little montages. They're actual little, little bits of, and it doesn't take that long. I mean, I think, I mean, we'll, we'll roll over to it in the next episode too, but I mean, you have these little montages and it gives you a real sense and feel of the season yes. of also time passing. Mm-hmm. And this movie, it's very important to note that time has passed. Yes. Um, but I love that, and I love seasonal stuff in movies and TV shows, too. If you're going to do any kind of holiday special, whether it's something I celebrate or not, I get excited about it. I don't know why. It feels like something unique and cool is happening, and I don't I don't know. It's just always something, maybe it's just a little bit of the, the kid in me still. But I, I love this part of it. Yeah. It's one of my yeah. favorite parts. I like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think the the next episode is where you get into the, the tree and whatnot. Yeah. But. Exactly. Yeah, I, love, I mean, they, I love they do a great job of showing the transition that, that, you know, their, their friendship started in the fall and now we're in winter. You know, they've, they've clearly established it and they did a great job of it. Right. Yep. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. And they, and they do it again. I think it's a really clever way to pass the time to feel like you're a part of the surroundings. Mm-hmm. It's, and I, I wish movies would do it more than that. It's definitely something that they, they do a lot in eighties films. Yeah. And I miss That's it. That's true. All right, Jeff, anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? I do not. Okay. So the, the script is a little more descriptive of, of her orgasm at the, the, the beginning of this minute. You know, they, they say, God, honey, honey, oh, my God, honey, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, God, thank you. <laughs> and then it says, and then it says, Sally finishes, takes another bite of her sandwich and smiles innocently. Now, I like the fact that she doesn't take a bite of her sandwich in the movie and that she just uses a fork to take a, uh, a small little uh, stavering taste. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a show it. And it says, hold on Harry, who is in shock, and the rest of the customers and waiters who couldn't help but overhear Sally's performance. And then it says, older woman customer to a nearby waiter, I'll have what she's having. And then they, they don't even mention anything about you know, the, the, the various, the, the montage montage isn't listed here at all. Oh, so, so it works well. Yeah, it does. It does. 
And I'm glad that they, whether it was Meg Ryan's choice or not too, I'm glad that they didn't use as much verbalizations of actual words, like the honey right. and all yeah. of those things. It it works perfectly as it is. It doesn't need all the yeah. extra. For sure. For sure. She gives the best fake orgasm in any movie that I've seen. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so every Wednesday we have a segment called Harry Burns Hump Day, where my guests will give their top five uh, Billy Crystal performances. So what have you got for us, Heather? Oh, I love Billy Crystal. Um, number five for me is Running Scared. I almost forgot about that movie with Gregory Hines. It's so much fun. I need to rewatch it and and and, and just enjoy it. Um, Deuteronomy. Yes. <laughs> I, it's probably been 20 years since I've watched it. I have to watch it again. I'm excited. Yes, to you, should. you should. You should. I love. I I love that movie. I think it's great. It's I, I think Jimmy Smith is a bad, uh, bad guy, but the the movie itself is yeah. just great. It's it yes, and there's great chemistry between Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. Yeah, for sure. All right, number four for me is The Princess Bride. He's hilarious in it, and it's The Princess Bride. It's a perfect movie. Uh, number three, Monsters, Inc. I love Mike Wazowski. Everybody can love whatever they want about Monsters, Inc. Mike Wazowski is it for me. He makes the movie for me. I love it. And even Adam loves it now, too. He just says it all the time. <laughs> Mike Wazowski! I'm like, yes! Yes, come! Come, my little seedling. I will teach you how to be a movie aficionado. Uh, <laughs> number two is City Slickers. And I I, I hadn't even... I mean, I, it's, I own it. I probably... I think it's still in its its wrapper. I don't think I've taken it out, which means I've, it's probably been 20 years since I've watched it, too. I need wow. to rectify that. Yes, I love it. I don't know why. It's a wonderful movie. Yeah, it really is. So City Slickers, number two. And number one is When Harry Met Sally. I love this movie so much. It's it's an absolute. Yeah. It, it has a special place in my heart. It brings me nothing but joy every time I watch it. Just like uh, Sally. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Heather, you want to once again tell people how they can find Heather Baxendale? Yes, you can follow me as HB Walsh on Instagram and Facebook. That is my pen name. You can find my book, The Prophecy Part One Lost, on Amazon. And if you'd like to check out my podcast that I do with Mark Armstead, it is Word of Hellmouth. It is a Buffy Rewatch podcast. You can find it on all of those fun streaming services that offer podcasts for free. Okay, cool. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can go directly to my website, movearoundminute.com. So until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll definitely have what she's having. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.